Keeping It With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958, 931-243-3958, or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men, in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include, but are not limited to, road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. Or three W's and a dot, sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. We were talking about her depression, and it was a complicated depression coming from what I consider to be complicated grieving. This lady had lost her beloved cat that had been her pet and companion for a number of years, and it had died. And she couldn't get past the depression. Now, depression comes from stress, loss, or grief. And in this case, it was loss and grief at the same time. And, and and no matter what we tried, no matter the strategies we did, we did some cognitive behavioral therapy. We did some uh, some work in, in uh, working on the four tasks of grieving, accept the reality, express and experience your emotions, define and adjust to the new norm, reinvest your energy into something else. And, and although we made a little, we weren't making a lot of progress. And, and I knew I was missing something and I knew something was beyond what I was understanding. And finally I asked, I said, okay, so you get up in the morning and if you get dressed to go to work, you'd fall into a deep depression. Yes. And the days that you do get up and get dressed and go to work, when you come home from work, you fall into a deep depression. I don't understand how that's happening. How many times a week do you visit the grave of your, of your cat? And she's, well, I don't visit the grave of my cat. And you say, I had my cat cremated and the ashes are sitting on the piano. So every morning when you get up and try to go to work, you walk into a room and, and there's the ashes of your cat. Yes. And every day you come in from work and you walk into the room where the piano is, you have the ashes of your cat. She said, yes. I said, well, you're never going to overcome this depression. You're never going to get past this grief, grief uh, uh, until you realize that you have a dead cat on your piano. 
Now, I hope you don't think that was too blunt or too unkind, but for all practical purposes, that was what was going on with this lady. There was a dead cat on her piano. Now, having the ashes or the remains of, of your beloved person or thing on the piano is not a problem. That's, that's not counterintuitive to, to good grieving. But if the thing that is designed to remind you of this departed loved one, it does not bring you comfort and it does not give you closure and it only produces distress, reminds you of the hurt or re-traumatizes you, then it needs to be removed or it simply needs to be moved to another location in your life. And in developing this idea and talking about this story, I realized this is not just about grief, but also about forgiveness. You see, people who are suffering from complicated unforgiveness, people who have these roadblocks and these barriers in their relationships because of unfinished business, they're holding on to things that continue to cause distress. They keep these things and they serve them as reminders of the regrettable event that happened. Now, if you've got something that that you keep around and it's a talisman and it reminds you to set healthy limits and it reminds you that these people are toxic and it reminds you that you need not to be in a relationship with someone then then that's a different deal but if these things that you're holding on to you're saying i'm trying to heal the relationship but i'm still holding on to these upsetting reminders of these roadblocks you can't balance your ledger you can't get into the forgiveness side of things until you decide to either remove the reminders or intentionally ignore the reminders. You see, when we're commanded to owe no man anything but to love, what that means is that forgiveness is not about what you owe me, but it's about what I owe you. You see, if, if, if somebody's done a regrettable event in, in a relationship, and it can be any kind of relationship, but most often we talk about marriage, But if you say, hey, we're going to rebuild this relationship, but there's an affair on your mantle every time you walk into the living room. If there's a fight on the coffee table, if there's a lie in the kitchen, if there's an unkind word or deed on the end table, if there's a regrettable event in the middle of the living room rug, you got to take those things, you got to get them out of your sight. Unless it's there for the sole purpose to remind you not to repeat a mistake with that toxic person again. But if we claim that we're trying to move forward in a relationship and and we can't deal with removing the reminders and we can't deal in forgiveness because the dead cat is present in every situation and every context and every conversation, then you're never going to get past it and, and you're basically being disingenuous by saying, hey, I'm going to, to stay married to you. I'm going to continue to date you. I'm going to... Pre- continue to let you work here or live here or whatever, but I'm going to hold on to this as a constant reminder of the unfinished business and the regrettable event. Now, I think it's important to, to understand that that we can have forgiveness without reconciliation, and we can have forgiveness with reconciliation. Now, when God forgives, He always reconciles. And, and, and I believe in some cases we forgive and reconcile, and in some cases I think we can we can forgive without reconciliation. Uh, for instance, if if I loan you my truck, and, and and you take my truck and you wrap it around a utility pole, and it's totaled, 
well, my insurance company, State Farm with Laura Bryant, will fix my truck. And so we, we fix the truck and I don't sue you and, and, and I don't take you to court and I don't sue your insurance company. My insurance company just takes care of my truck. And then you come up to me several days later and say, hey, Lonnie, can I borrow the tactical Toyota? And I toss you the keys. Then we've been forgiven. And there's also reconciliation because we've restored ourselves to the exact same level. Well, in, in the other scenario, if you borrow my truck and you wrap it around a utility pole and, and, and then we have it fixed and State Farm and Laura Bryant take care of me and, and my truck is rest, restored to new and, and you come to me and say, hey, Lonnie, I need to borrow your truck. And I say, what are you moving? When do I need to be at your house? I'll help you. You still have access to my truck. You still have access to my help. You just can't drive my truck anymore. I've forgiven you, but we've modified the relationship. It's it's forgiveness without restoring things, without reconciling them to the level that they were. Now, when we start talking about forgiveness, and we talk about forgiveness and reconciliation, there's a part of this that, that is an interpersonal forgiveness. And the interpersonal forgiveness involves me getting past my negative behavior on my part. And that's the forgiveness and reconciliation. Or forgiveness without reconciliation, I still can't hold on to the negative behavior. I can't do revenge-seeking. I can't have these negative cognitions that are judgments or holding a grudge or have a negative affect. I, I can't be a person who interacts with you with resentment and still using the words, hey, we're going to forgive. No, no. When you forgive, even with or without reconciliation, you're not seeking revenge. You're not coloring your thoughts with negative cognitions, judgments, holding a grudge, or having resentment. Now, if you can do this, then there's forgiveness, and then you forgive and you move on. Forgiveness with or without reconciliation. It basically means that this is a finished product. There, there's no unfinished project, and you remove all the painful reminders. Now, if I'm the person that's asking for forgiveness, and in order to remove the painful reminders, the first thing is I've got to take on personal responsibility. i got to get rid of minimization, denial, and blame. And yes, I did what I did. I said what I said. I didn't do what I said I'd do. I lied. I stole whatever it is. I have to accept the responsibility for my actions. And if I'm doing minimization, denial, or blame, I'm not ready for forgiveness because I'm I'm not properly in the mindset to be forgiven. So once I accept the responsibility, then there has to be a level of regret. And it's not that I regret that I got caught, and it's not that I regret that I'm suffering the consequences. It's not that I regret that I'm having to go down this path. It's I regret what I did to you. I regret how I hurt you or how I disappointed you or, or in some way injured you. And I regret what I did to us. Now, once there's responsibility and regret, there's repentance. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to act that way again. I'm not going to repeat the behavior. I'm going to change the way that I thought about it. I'm not going to self-justify it. I'm not going to say, well, I had a right to do it because of your behavior. And, and by the way, just because you have a right to do something doesn't mean it's right. Now, once you have the, the responsibility, the regret, and the repentance, that's when you're looking at reconciliation or at least forgiveness. And it could be forgiveness with reconciliation or forgiveness without reconciliation, but, but you're repairing as much as you can repair the broken friendship. And then at some point, there, there's restitution. And, and sometimes you can't always give restitution. Sometimes it, it can't be finished. Sometimes it can't be fixed. Sometimes it can't be undone. 
So if, if you can't get to the place where it looks like it can't be fixed, if you can't get to the place where it can be fixed or undone, then you've got to ask, okay, so what does forgiveness look like? What does repair look like? I remember working with a family and, and there was a money issue. And I really didn't think it was a money issue. You know, the, both both parties involved had plenty of money. But there had been some dishonesty about some money and it had caused a great deal of stress and a great deal of disruption in the family. And, and they would come in and it was a multiple family session. It was, you know, the the offended party and the offending party. And, and you know, there were some, some interesting family dynamics, but this money thing kept coming up. This money thing kept coming up. And then I finally said, okay, let's talk about the money. How much money does this guy need to write you a check for and close this chapter in your life? I said, do you have the money? If he asked for any amount, can you write a check to replace this money he's talking about? And the young man said, yes, I absolutely can. I looked at the dude and I said, okay, so give me a dollar figure and we'll write the check today. And finally he said, it's not about the money. <laughs> well, if it's not about the money, then quit talking about the money. The money was the thing he was using to remind him of the hurt and the disappointment and the fragmentation that had happened in their family systems. It was a dead cat on the piano, and the problem wasn't about the money, but the money kept being the problem, and it was a symptom. It was not the problem. So if you can't be fixed, if it can't be undone, then maybe you can find some ritual way to undo it or some ritual way to fix it. I remember talking to a lady who was in complicated grieving over the death of a loved one. And it was one of those things that, that there was a, she was stuck and realized that she'd been making an Afghan for this loved one who's passed away. And before she could finish it and deliver it, this person had died. And I said, well, where, where's this Afghan now? And she said, well, it's hanging in my closet. So every time you open the foyer closet, every time you open the, the coat closet, every time you go into that closet, you have this reminder of this unfinished business in the life of this loved one. Yes. Well, finish the Afghan and take it to the grave. And she did. She finished the Afghan. She drove several, several states away and left it on the headstone. And the ceremony the ritual of closing the loop. And, and even though it may not have been real closure, this loved one had died and had not received this present. But the closure, the, the ritual of doing that gave her some release. And so sometimes when you talk about, hey, can, can I fix this or can I undo it? No, it can't be done. So you do it ritualistically. You have some kind of ceremony and, you know, you burn the deed. You, you take the ashes off the piano. You go outside and you bury the cat. And so what it looks like is that I make a conscious effort to fix our relationship by asking as if. What does it look like if I treated you as if I loved you? What does our interaction look like if it looks like I treated you as if I trusted you, as if I respected you? Now, if you can't or you're unwilling to treat someone as if they're loved, forgiven, respected, then it's time to, to terminate or modify the friendship. It's, it's time to put some boundaries in this thing that says, hey, this is something that's not fixable, and it's ridiculous, it's disingenuous, it's duplicitous, and it's insanity to say, hey, I'm going to stay in this marriage but remind you of this affair. I'm going to stay in this marriage but remind you of this abuse. I'm going to stay in this this." 
marriage and remind you of X, Y, or Z. See, if you can't live with the intentional as if attitude, then you've got these reminders. And if you can't forgive them, you've got to terminate the relationship, but don't try to live with them with, with a dead cat on the piano or the coffee table or the breakfast table. And especially don't try to live with a dead cat in your bed. If you can't live with the intentional as-if attitude, then it's like saying, you know, hey, I want to have this marriage. I want to have this friendship, but I want to keep the ashes of the affair. I want to hang on to the ashes of the dishonesty. I want to hang on to the ashes of the abuse. I want to hang on to the ashes of the addiction. And I want to have them with me, and I want to have them in view at all times so that in every conversation and every interaction, we get a reminder of that. Now, if, if you have to hold on to that, then you have to let go of the relationship. And the only way to fix the relationship is to let go of the ashes. If you can't get over it, and it's too painful, then end it. But don't say that you want to have the relationship, that you don't want it to end, but you don't want to turn loose of the ashes. That makes about as much sense as saying you want to have a pet, but you want to have a pet that's dead in a vase and keep it on the piano. The mission of Heritage Christian University is simple. They aim to advance the churches of Christ by equipping servants through undergraduate and graduate programs. Heritage Christian University produces effective communicators of the gospel, focusing on evangelism and a commitment to scripture. Heritage Christian University is accredited by the Association for Biblical Higher Education and offers the following degrees. Associate of Arts in Biblical Studies, Bachelor of Arts in Biblical Studies, Master of Arts, Master of Ministry, and Master of Divinity. Since 1968, Heritage Christian University, formerly International Bible College, has offered affordable degrees in Biblical Studies, allowing graduates to thrive in their ministries without the burden of loan debt after graduation. For more information about Heritage Christian University, visit www.hcu.edu, that's three W's and a dot, hcu.edu. Heritage Christian University is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707, 615-371-8707, or you can go to three W's and a dot worldchristian.org, find the donate here button, and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel. 
World Christian Broadcasting in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive Spiritual Development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Mm-hmm.